Welcome to Warfare Mindset with Apostle ID. Apostle ID is the general overseer and senior pastor of Overcomers in Christ group of churches. Warfare Mindset with Apostle ID brings you gospel-centered messages and tools that equip you to live a life of victory and freedom as an overcomer in Christ. Join us today as Apostle ID begins a three-part interactive teaching series on defeating Satan in spiritual warfare. Hi, welcome to Warfare Mindset. Today, we want to look at how we defeat Satan in spiritual warfare. You know, defeating Satan in spiritual warfare. Now, let's start with familiar scripture, which is found in Ephesians chapter 6. And I start with verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In other words, you're not going to be strong in your flesh. You're going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. If you're going to win this battle, you have to win this battle in the Lord, not um, in your own thinking, in your own way. It has to be in the Lord, in the Lord. And um, so Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus, and he tells them, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God. In other words, put on the whole armor fully. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So the devil has wiles. The word wiles, W-I-L-E-S, means deception. It means schemes of the devil. It means lies and tricks and deceit of the devil. So the Bible tells us to put on the whole armor of God that we may stand against the wiles of the devil. So the devil has wiles, and to stand against those wiles, we would need to put on the whole armor of God. Verse 12 tells us who we wrestle against, Ephesians 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So these represent the whole armor of God. We are told to put on the whole armor of God. And the Bible makes it clear that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. In other words, in spiritual warfare, flesh and blood are not the enemy. In spiritual warfare, our enemy... Our enemies are principalities and powers, rulers of darkness of this world, and spiritual wickedness in high places. And we are told to put on the whole armor of God against them because they have their schemes, they have their devices, they have their agents that they use. So man is not our enemy. But principalities and powers, they use man. They would use whoever is available to do their dirty work against us. So we are in a war. If we were not in a war, there would be no reason to be, given the, to be given the whole armor of God. So the armor is defensive. These are um, defensive weapons, but which I know we've spent a lot of time on. So today, I really want us to look more at the offensive weapons. Armor speaks of defense, so that you will be 
able to stand against. So to stand against means you're being attacked. To put on the whole armor of God that you may stand against. Standing against connotes that you're being attacked. So to stand against the onslaught of the enemy, you put on the whole armor of God. And so the Bible also mentions that we have weapons of warfare that are not carnal. And please turn with me in your Bible to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I begin reading from verse 3 to 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, the flesh is the physical, natural, visible realm. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. So 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 is telling us that even though we are in this physical, natural, visible realm, we do not wage war after the flesh. We do not wage war physically or naturally or visibly. And then it begins to tell us the kind of weapons we have. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means they are spiritual. If the weapons are not carnal, that means they are spiritual. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So these weapons of our warfare are only mighty through God. You know, so the weapons of our warfare get their might through God. So the weapons that we use in spiritual warfare, they get their mightiness through God. In other words, if it is not through God, the weapon is not mighty. And that is why you must be a godly person. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. That means they are spiritual. But mighty through God to pulling down strongholds. So if you don't use those weapons through God in the name of Jesus, you can't really pull down strongholds of the enemy. And today in spiritual warfare, we just want to look at offensive weapons because it is offensive weapons you would use to defeat Satan. Defensive weapons, let me make that clear. Defensive weapons are there to make sure Satan does not defeat you. So your defensive weapons ensure that Satan does not defeat you. How? That you stand in the evil day and after having done all, to stand. So if you stand, that means you don't fall. And if you don't fall, that means... He has not defeated you. So your armor, the whole armor of God, the defensive um, mechanism of spiritual warfare is designed so that the enemy does not defeat you. Now, the offensive weapons are so that you can defeat the enemy. Verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, casting down imaginations. Where are imaginations? In the mind. Imaginations are, are, are in the mind. Pro satanic projections into the mind. And these satanic projections must be cast down because they don't agree with the word of God. They are in conflict with the word of God. Casting down imaginations. And how do we cast down imaginations? With the weapons of warfare that are not carnal. So it's the weapons of our warfare that are not carnal that would enable us cast down imaginations. So we're going to look at those weapons that help us cast down imagination because the devil likes to 
send satanic projections, imaginations, thoughts into our minds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Now, obviously, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God is sources from Satan. And, um, and so we cast that down as well with the weapons of our warfare that are spiritual, not carnal. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. In your Bible, underline every. Whether it's a good thought, it's a bad thought, it's a neutral thought. Every thought, no thought is exempt. So we bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That tells us that the weapons of warfare that we have are there. They are designed to also help us uh, arrest contrary thoughts and place them under Christ. So we've been given 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I mean, it makes it clear that we have been given weapons of warfare. And why? 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 are we getting weapons of warfare that are mighty through God? The reason we are getting these weapons is because we are in a war. <laughs> these weapons are not carnal because we are in a spiritual war and not a carnal war. If we are in a carnal war, that's different. Carnal war, they take their artillery and their ammunition and their tanks and their bombs and they go and do their thing. But that's not the war we are fighting. We're not fighting a carnal war. We are fighting a spiritual war, so our weapons cannot be carnal. They are spiritual. Now, we've often heard it said, said that the, the spiritual uh, controls the physical realm. The spiritual realm controls um, the physical realm. So the weapons of our warfare are spiritual, so we are fighting in the spirit realm. All our battles take place in the spirit realm. And remember, even though we are in the flesh, we don't wage war after the flesh. We wage war in the spirit realm. And in the spirit realm, when you get the victory, it is important to know that oftentimes Satan has a last man that stands, a borderline spirit. And that there's this borderline spirit that must be defeated. Now, this borderline spirit is the spirit that challenges the manifestation um, of your victory in the spiritual realm into the physical realm. So even though you've won in the spirit, there's a borderline power, a borderline strong man that challenges your victory won in the spirit realm from manifesting in the physical realm. And this spirit stands at the borderline between the spiritual and physical realm. And so if you're going to fight spiritual warfare, you must fight it all through into past that borderline. Not into the physical realm, but you must make sure you get to the finish line. You don't fight it halfway and rest on your oars and say, oh, the strong man fell down halfway and that's it. You must fight it to its conclusion because there's, there are powers that like to deny the manifestation of that victory um, you won in the spirit realm. Now, before we move ahead, I think it's important we keep at the back of our minds, we remember 
that armor and weapons are different. The whole armor of God in Ephesians 6 is somewhat different from the weapons of warfare that are not carnal in 2 Corinthians 10. Now, Ephesians 6 gives us the whole armor of God. How do we know? Because it says so. Put on the whole armor of God, and then it lists them. But Ephesians 6 does not really tell us the weapons, you know? And armor, the whole armor of God is designed to protect us from spiritual enemies. Not from man. You don't put on your... Uh, you don't you don't say, oh, my supervisor is giving me a hard time at work. I'm going to put on the whole armor of God against him. No, the supervisor is not the enemy. So the armor of God, the whole armor of God protects you from spiritual enemies. And you are not given that armor because your supervisor is a bully. You were not given that armor because Idemudia Gobadia is a bully and you need to take care of him before he takes care of you. No, the armor is for spiritual enemies. How do we know? Because the chapter of the Bible, Ephesians 6, that mentions the whole armor of God, makes it clear that this battle is not with flesh and blood. It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So it tells us the reason why we must put on the whole armor of God from the helmet of salvation, uh, that helmet of salvation, it makes you a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. That salvation transforms you by the renewing of your mind. So you put on that um, helmet of salvation, and it blocks all the mind projections and, and imaginations, vain imaginations and pretensions and things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God, contrary thoughts. So the helmet of salvation gives you the mind of Christ and all those things are kept out. Now, in Ephesians 6, just running through the armor quickly, there is the breastplate of righteousness. And in this warfare, if you walk in your own righteousness, which are filthy rags, you invite Satan because Satan is filthy. He's a filthy rag. So if we're going to put on any righteousness in this warfare, we can't walk about with self-righteousness holier than thou and the best. No, only the righteousness of Christ. So it's Christ's righteousness um, that, we, that we put on. And then there's the belt of truth to protect us against Satan's lies. And the belt of truth, when you look at the armor of God, everything is Jesus Christ. Helmet of salvation, the Lord our salvation. Breastplate of righteousness, Christ our righteousness. The belt of truth, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father except by me. John 14, verse 6. So the whole armor is Christ. And the Bible says, I wear Christ as a garment. So the belt of truth protects us against Satan's lies. And then there's the shield of faith. He's the author and perfecter of faith. It's all Jesus. It's all about Jesus, the armor. So it's Jesus that is our armor. The shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the wicked. Only Christ can do that. And then we have um, our feet short with, short with the gospel of peace. Now, this is very important. If we're going to defeat Satan in warfare, we must have our whole armor on. We must have our armor on. You cannot just fight, attack, attack, attack without defending. So we must also have our feet short with the gospel of peace. And now if you're not living in peace and if you're living in strife, 
Satan will have an upper hand against you in spiritual warfare. Why? Because he is the father of chaos. So to prevail in spiritual warfare against the enemy, we must live in peace, the peace of Christ, not the, not the, the, the fake peace of this world, the peace that passes all understanding. We must be guarded by the peace of Christ. You know, the Bible says, and the peace of Christ that passes all understanding will guard. That's an armor. It will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. That's an armor. So we must be guarded by, by peace. We can't live a life of strife and hope to prevail in spiritual warfare. My prayer is that this will be a practical class and not just theory, theory, theory. As important as theory is. And then another armor, which is also a weapon, is the sword of the Spirit. And the sword of the Spirit, Ephesians 6 tells us, is the word of God. And Revelation 19 tells us that Jesus Christ is the word of God. John chapter 1, verse 1 tells us, chapter 1, verse 1 to 3 tells us that Jesus Christ is the word of God. So the sword of the Spirit is Jesus Christ. So the whole armor is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And the sword of the Spirit is an armor and a weapon at the same time. That is why it is called a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. And you see Jesus use it as a double-edged sword in Matthew chapter 4, when, when Satan comes to him during his 40-day fast, 40-day uh, and night fast. Satan comes to him and Jesus uses it as a double-edged sword. First, he uses, he uses it in defense. In defense, he says to Satan, it is written. It is written. It is written. That is defense. He was defending. Satan was attacking. Attacking. How was he attacking? With temptation. Putting contrary thoughts. Trying to put contrary thoughts into his mind. If you are the son of God, turn this stone to bread. He was trying to put contrary thoughts, tempt him, you know, to use his knowledge, exalt it above the knowledge of God. And and Jesus Christ kept defending with the word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. And before you know it, Jesus Christ switched gears to attack with the same word. It's a double-edged sword. He had been using it to defend. Now he used it to attack. And the next time he used it was an attack. He said, get this behind me, Satan. He tossed him away. That is attack. He said, get this behind me, Satan. So he used that word for attack and for defense. So it's part of the armor. And it's also um, a weapon of attack, which we see in Revelation 12, verse 11. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, another weapon is prayer in the Spirit, Ephesians 6, that we make all manner of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. We must know how to pray in the Spirit. And prayer is part of the armor. Uh, It's also used in attack, defense, and attack. In prayer, you bring in everything. Prayer is a thing that invites everything Thing to come and help you. In prayer, you bring in all the armor, you bring in all the weapons together. Prayer is what holds all of them, invites all of them to fight for you and fight against the enemy. So in prayer, you plead the blood of Jesus, which is defense. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And you also um, speak the word of God, which is attack. So in a nutshell, Ephesians 6, verse 10 to 18, gives us the whole armor of God, defenses, defensive armor. Why? So that we will not fall, so that we will stand, so that you will stand, so that you will not fall. So the important thing to note in Ephesians 6 is that armor, the whole armor of God, armor is for defense. 
so that Satan will not overcome you, while weapons are for attack so that you will overcome Satan. And if you don't use your weapons, you will find it difficult to overcome Satan because all you will be doing is standing against his attack, defending. Now, if you limit your warfare to Ephesians chapter 6, your warfare might be inadequate. It might be inadequate. And if you put on your armor, remember, Satan is smart. He will hardly strike when your armor is on. Why would he strike when your armor is on? He's waiting for that weak moment when you put on the armor partially. Or he's waiting for that moment when there is a crack in your armor because of compromise. And then he will attack. So he, as a formidable adversary, he also strategizes and plots when to attack. And most times he wants to attack when we are not strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's when he will launch his attack full force. Satan knows that the shield of faith will block all his fiery darts. So he will wait and wait and wait until there's an opportunity. When our faith is diminished, then he will strike with that fiery dart. And so that's why the Bible um, exhorts us to put on the whole armor of God um, always so we can stand against the wiles of the devil because you never know when Satan will shoot an arrow. I think this is a good time to take questions. Um, if there's any question at this time, um, please feel free to ask your question. Thank you for listening to Warfare Mindset with Apostle ID. We hope that you were greatly encouraged by today's teaching series on defeating Satan in spiritual warfare. Tune in for parts two and three of this series, which include Q&As from Overcomers in Christ. Please share your thoughts by leaving us a comment in the review section, and we encourage you to subscribe and to share these episodes. You can also connect with Apostle ID on our YouTube channel, Warfare Mindset with Apostle ID. And for more resources, be sure to visit the Overcomers in Christ group of churches YouTube channel, Overcomers Deliverance Network.